Welcome to Hachzeik, the Daily Musar Impact Initiative. And we continue along Bezer Hashem here in Perik Gimel, the final two Siyogim fences that Rabbi Akiva teaches us. And it's a quite a long piece to the, today's Hachzeik, but we try to learn here in this year every word of Rabbeinu Yoyna. To paraphrase the Gemara, Rishonim are Kamalochim. So Rabbeinu Yoyna being a Rishon, he's considered... His words are like that of a Malach. So let's see what he says. Precious, something that's in the ladder of Pinchas Ben Yor, the whole Sefer Mesilas Yisharim is based on that. For those that learned with us in the Hatzik program, Mesilas Yisharim. Precious, it is a very high level, a great Midah. You can't get there right away. You have to go through Zahirus, Zrizus, Nikios. And then precious. I mean, like the Mora says in Avedazor Nikios, Mevila de precious. So you see, it has to be preceded by several other midas. But that's a very lofty level. It's separating oneself from the pleasure of this, of this world. Even things that are permissible to indulge in. Eating relationships. Marital relation. Other types of pleasures. Not physical pleasures, but emotional pleasures. Like staying away from receiving honor. Or being put into high positions. Wealth. Meaning probably means being treated like a wealthy person with that honor and respect. And Someone who skips away from that, he's engaging in the midah of precious. He stays away basically from physicality. In order to become more connected to ruchlius and more sublime parts of his nefesh. Which that will get him closer to serving Hashem properly. And here... Rabbeinu will explain how this works. Kate the Michael, how does it work by eating? Someone who eats just what's necessary to be able to sustain himself and live. Not just be able to live and breathe, but she He should be healthy. He should be able to learn a lot of Torah. He should be able to be strong to do. Proper he drinks enough to quench his thirst. He's not going to overdrink. He's not going to intoxicate himself and end up then, as it, we find it by Noyach, he's rolling in the tent. That someone who just engages in worldly pleasures, just to fulfill the mitzvah, that can be considered in the realm of precious. He doesn't have benefit just to gain pleasure in this world. So that's number one. It'll get him closer to serving Hashem properly. Another benefit of someone who's ready to be able to have that level of precious. Another benefit is it actually could be an antidote from sinning. Why? If the Yetzirah tries to confront him and try to entice him to do an Avera, this person could say in his mind, 
I'm at a level that I even keep away from things that are really permissible pleasures of this world. How can I allow myself to stoop low and do this? Paraphrasing what Yehuda said, that how could he sin against Yaakov, his father? How could we sin against our father in heaven after I've already reached such a high level? So such a level can actually keep him away from stumbling into sin. Somebody who is not at this level, it's someone who just engages in the physical world and materialistic things for his pleasure, for his desires. He hasn't done anything that's prohibited. But what he's not, his level he's not reached is He's very far from the main purpose of the nefesh in this world, which is to solely do Hashem. Another issue is that if a person allows himself to indulge in pleasurable things, so then he gets drawn after it. And he becomes very infatuated by it. Like the says, A person engages, here we're talking about really Znusas and Isser, engages in normality, and Vayayin Vatirish, in different types of wine, Yikach Leiv, it takes away the mind of a person. Ratzalem is Nusa, Yayin Vatirish, any of those Yikach Leiv, Huadas, it takes away the mind, because the person is so engaged in his goof and the pleasures of the goof of the body. Someone who listens to Musr to rebuke, he has acquired his levy has acquired his mind. He's thinking properly. Should he do this or should he not? When should he stop? At what point should he stop? Al Kainos Nuait said, therefore, Bekiva gives us this advice. Someone who feels that it's hard for him to say no. It's hard for him not to have another helping of food, a second of dessert, to just full, to let his desires control him, even in permissible ways. So, what's the Eitzah? The eighth is someone who feels himself he's not in control, and he's drawn after pleasures. Lindor Let him take a nether for a certain amount of time. For a small window of time, let him say, I'm making a nether. And therefore, for that amount of time, he abstains, he separates. And slowly but surely, he's able to accustom himself to separate a little bit from pleasures of food, of drink, other worldly pleasures. For example, I'm only going to drink a certain amount. I'll only take one helping of dessert for the next week. On Shabbos, I'm not going to have more than doubles if the person to, to take tri- triples, quadruples. He has to just slowly condition himself slowly to start separating from things until he gets used to it. Or to say, this is going to be also to me. For the next week, for the next month, this is going to be also for me. Even a few days. Once he gets used to it, the hergel, the, the habit that he gets into it, that he gets used to, starts getting control. Starts becoming like second nature. Since he wants to keep his nether, he took a vow that he's going to keep this. So then... He's able to subdue and conquer his Yetzer. And then slowly but surely, he will be able to get to great levels of 
separation. Where do we see such an Eitzah? That you should even just engage in precious and take a nether for a certain amount of time, even a small amount of time. Where do we see such a thing? We find it in Chazal itself, in a Yerushalmi and Shabbos, that they told him, If you can't hold back from only eating chulim in a state of purity the entire year, at least do it for seven days. Someone who eats chulin only in a purified state is considered a parish. Like it says, big day amores midras leprushim. Someone who's a parish who only eats his food betara. So if a begot of an amores, he if it gets on one of his uh, areas of medras, a mat or a chair, so that becomes and makes it tummy. The, the point being here, we see that even just for a week's time. This actually is the source that in the Dinam of Aseri Simei Tshuva, the Torah writes, and I think I believe it's Simen Tafresh Gimel and Arachayim, the Torah writes, this is the source to, in, to get, take on extra chumras, extra stringencies during the Aseri Simei Tshuva. Because it's seven weekdays, plus Rosh Hashanah, two days Rosh Hashanah, and Yem HaKippurim. So the other seven days to, be, to take on different things. We know over there the text that says the Yimachava writes, to be careful about the halachas of pas palter. Even, even though the the uh, the halacha is you're allowed to have pas palter, bread made by a, a goyish bakery, but during a series of tshuva, a person must be careful even to stop from that. What does that do? It's just seven days of the year. It's just ten days of the year. The answer is it gets a person accustomed to it. It gets them used to holding back from things. Continues along Let's put this into perspective because really in the Durham is not something that is actually recommended, not by Psukim and not by Chazal. And therefore it's only someone who can't hold himself back without making that strict line in the sand that I will not eat this item for this amount of time. And because his Yetzirah otherwise again the better of him. Then he could do it Then he makes a nether that sort of it's a, it's a healing process. It's, a, it's some, some way to cure his tibus. There's someone who really is in control. There's someone who could do it without making a vow. He should not take a nether. Like the Gemara says, There's not enough what the Torah forbade. You're increasing things to be usher on yourself. That Hashem doesn't want. Just don't eat so much. You have to say it's going to be usher for you to take a, a second helping of dessert. Just don't take it. By making it usher, then it becomes a new isser in the Torah. Hashem says, I don't want you to make new isser. But that's only if a person can do it. His yates are strong. And he's overpowering him. He has to make many fences. In order to conquer his But once he's conquered it, then he can go back to the middle of the road to a much more equilibrium. Let's give a marshal. He says to a doctor, A person whose illness is not so bad. It's easy to heal him. He does a very small, easy regimen of healing. It's very heavy. It's intense. and strong. He must have a very intense type of healing process. 
until he heals him. Then after that, he could scale back and make it less and not as intense. Once the, the body is now healthy. It's Nedorim Davka, not Shavua. Nedorim Siaglaprishas, Vlayam or Shavua Siaglaprishas. Why? Person could take an oath and say, I'm taking an oath, this is forbidden to me. He says, When you take a Shavua, it takes effect immediately. I will not eat this item until this particular day. That's not a fence. Why? It takes place right away, and right now, he may transgress by eating it if he can't hold himself back. It's something that's progressional. If I eat too much dessert, until for the next amount of time, then all Paris in the world will be awesome if, let's say, for a, a month. That's a nether. But that's something that's gradual and it's easier to deal with. Zedek Rishiyag, that's a fence. Because you're putting up barriers. Shudovish Yuchalavralov, because even if he does eat, okay, it's only if he eats a certain amount, till a certain amount of time. That's much better. But if he can't control himself, then he is allowed to take a nether. Instead of taking it without a nether. And finally, Rabbi Kiva tells us, A very famous line of the Mishnah here. A fence to be able to keep in and garner is silence. Rabbi Yenna says in two different areas. For actual Torah wisdom and other wisdom. This is also in terms of a person's midas, his character. Let me He doesn't interrupt the friend who's talking. It could be even about mundane matters. But he listens. And he doesn't interrupt when it's not his place. And he doesn't try to just, he has to talk. He has to show that he also has what to add. He also has wisdom. He's quiet. If he doesn't know, he doesn't say anything. By being silent, it will allow him to not speak when he really doesn't know what he's talking about, and he won't look foolish. So that's in terms of me, this also doesn't interrupt somebody who's speaking. That's a siyog to, to refine a person's character. And la a very important point that we end in this Mishnah. A person doesn't speak in front of someone who has greater wisdom than he. Someone who's learning by his Rebbe. And he thinks about something that uh, he thinks is right. It's a good svar, it's a good kash, it's a good raya, a good teretz. Don't think right away that what you're thinking as the Rebbe is talking is for sure correct. And you blurt it out. The Rebbe doesn't even get finished saying his thought, presenting his idea, and already, oh, I know, this, I have a caution. Don't do that. If you do that, then you're thinking about your own shot, your own question, and you're not listening intentively to what the Rebbe is continuing saying. And you're going to miss out on a lot of things that the Rebbe is saying. Because he's really too busy thinking about his own question, his own svarah. 
Even your own svara that you're just thinking about right now, it can't be 100% accurate. Until you're able to digest everything that the Rebbe has presented. And once you've thought about that and gone through it and deciphered it, analyzed it, now you can see, do you have what to add or what to ask? You weigh with your seichel. Is that svara correct? Or maybe my question. It's actually a fence to be able to attain wisdom and get the full picture and get the real understanding if you're quiet. But let's say you're thinking of something. You're itching to say it, but the Rebbe's still speaking. But he's quiet, the Talmud. He doesn't open his mouth. Until he's enlightened by the words of the Rebbe. He keeps it just engraved in his heart until he's finished, till the Rebbe's finished. The Yovin Mashalom, the Rabbi, and he understands what the Rebbe has taught. Then he's able to decipher it all. He's able to put it into perspective what the Rebbe says with his own thoughts. The Ksil, the fool, doesn't really want to know wisdom and understanding. You see, people who blurt things out right away, they're fools because they're not interested in hearing what the smarter person, the Chochmah, has to say, what the Rebbe has to present. They just want to hear themselves. They just want to be able to present their own ideas. This this trait of listening, when someone's learning the Chavrusa, to listen first what the Chavrusa says before stopping him, before interrupting him and saying, no, this can't be right. Listen. Listen to what another person has to say. You have been listening to a shear by Hachzeik. If you have been impacted, please share with others. For the daily shear, please visit Hachzeik.com or call 516-600-8080.